Hello, and welcome to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. Tabitha James is an Atlanta vegan blogger, animal rights activist, and the founder of The Sensible Vegan. She is a wife, mother, and vegan children's book author. As a child, she watched her dad train as a bodybuilder, which helped her develop a lifelong passion for fitness and healthy living. She became vegan overnight in 2016 after watching Vegucated and never looked back. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. On today's episode, we have Tabitha James uh, of The Sensible Vegan based in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome. Thank you so much. Yes, great to have you here. Um, So we've been chatting a little bit. I found you online and I was very excited to talk with you. You're a fellow mother, a fellow vegan. Uh, You work with Mothers Against uh, Dairy. You have your own platform, The Sensible Vegan. You've spoken at um, different fests and more to come. You have nutrition background. I just want to hear about all of it. Okay. Share with our audience. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Great. Yeah. So maybe we could start with uh, just start with the Sensible Vegan and what that's all about, your platform. Okay. Well, the Sensible Vegan started about four years ago, Um, actually February 22nd, four years ago. So I'm coming up on my fourth vegan anniversary. Oh, nice. At that time, of course, I wasn't vegan and I was experiencing a lot of health issues with digestion, um, breakouts, a lot of things were going on and I was so frustrated because I was athletic and I was fit and everything was going well, but I could not get a handle on why I kept having these strange breakouts. Um, I was going to doctors, I was taking creams, medications, my husband and I were researching and I could not find anything to help me. So one night... I was watching Netflix and stumbled upon a documentary called Vegucated, and it changed my life. I saw the footage of the animal cruelty, and I became vegan instantly overnight. I never looked back, and the next day I was telling my husband, okay, this is what we're doing, and I was trying to explain it to him, and he was like, wait, what's what's going on? But literally, I, I got rid of everything. I was just totally overnight because I was like, I'm not contributing to animal cruelty and the atrocities that I saw anymore. And so I was, from then on, I started doing research and just reading more and more and watching documentaries. And then I said, you know what, I need to get this word out. Because I grew up in a rural area of North Georgia where farming and farming still is a major, you know, activity going on. And I never heard about veganism growing up. I didn't have any friends that were vegan. I didn't have any family members. And it just amazes me that all my life I grew up really not knowing, you know, not thinking about, you know, eating meat and cheese and, you know, animal products, but not thinking about the process of what happened for it to get to my plate. And when my eyes were open, I was like, okay, I need to educate as many people as I can. And so that's where the Sensible Vegan came from. And my mission is to educate people through my blog and I do vegan recipes that are 10 ingredients or less to show people that veganism doesn't have to be overwhelming 
and that you can do this. And I give them options and research and I give them a lot of information. And I want to educate people by speaking and through my books. And so it's just a different approach from my blog, through speaking events and reaching children and families through my story. I love that. That's, that's so wonderful. I love your advocacy. I do have to mention too, um, I also love hearing about how various forms of media um, changed people. And I'm going to give a shout out to the producer of Educated. Hi, Marissa. Um, oh, yeah, I'm going to make sure she listens to this one. Yes, thank um, you so much for that documentary. I mean, it changed my life and I shared it with my family and I'm I was just sending it to everyone. Okay, you need to watch this, watch this. And I mean, my sister is, is vegan now. She she was not before. And so her family, and she shared it with coworkers. And she sent me a text last week saying 11 of her coworkers have decided to become vegan. So it's just, oh, it's just amazing. Right. And I think it, it's incredible to have these these key turning points and then to decide to move forward and you created your own platform and now you're speaking. It's just, it's incredible. I had a similar experience so I can relate. Um, and I love that part of your mission is showing people that it doesn't need to be overwhelming because as many of us know, at one point we, we weren't, like you said, you grew up not even knowing what veganism was. So it was probably for some point, uh, at some point overwhelming. So I love that that's part of your mission, showing that it doesn't need to be overwhelming. And the 10 ingredients or less recipes? Yes, all of the recipes from, you know, cakes to pies to desserts, um, breakfast options, entrees, a lot of different things. Pizza, I give people, I show people that you can still have the same things. It's just vegan and it still tastes great, but it just happened to be without animal products right. and a lot of times when I talk to people they of course the first thing they say is well I can't I have to have my cheese I have to have my meat I have to have my bacon and I said what about those things do you like and they said well the taste and I, and I said well you know when you prepare those things you're usually seasoning those things to get the taste and the seasoning what are the seasonings made of and I'm Make them think, and they're like, well, you know, herbs and spices. And I said, well, where do the herbs and spices come from? Well, they're plants. Okay, so you're seasoning your meats with plants to make the flavor come out. Right. So sometimes a light bulb comes on and they see, you know, you're right. And so I said, you can still have those same dishes that you crave because today's market is so, I mean, everything, there's a vegan option for everything. So I tell them that they can still have the same foods, but without the animal cruelty involved. Exactly. You know, in, in my experience, I relied on meat uh, analogs, as I call them, well, meat substitutes, basically, a lot when I first turned vegan. And now, and I've, I've gone a little more plant-based, whole foods plant-based, so I'm not eating as many meat analogs, but I still do sometimes. But I think they're very helpful for people who are like, well, I, I still want, you know, the texture and the taste, yeah, there's all sorts of analogs that really do do a good job, especially in the States. There's The market is huge, right? Right. Uh, I can't even imagine now how many more options there are. So I have to ask you about your recipes because I love food. Uh, are there any that have been like more popular on the website? Like have there been some that are like most, most hits or a top three that people request or even like your own favorites? Well, I have a barbecue tofu pizza 
That is phenomenal. And I found the tofu. It's a, a company called Hodo Foods. And it's a Moroccan tofu. H-O-D-O. Okay. And it's some Moroccan tofu and just the flavors mixed with the barbecue and then the follow your heart cheese mm-hmm. and onions and then just on a whole wheat crust. And it is just, mm-hmm. it is amazing. And that's my husband's most requested meal. So I make that a lot. Yeah. And that recipe has generated the most hits, even to the point of the company seeing it and contacting me. And they, now they featured on their website. Wow. So, that's good. That that is I love pizza so and that's my daughter's favorite food as well so we'll have pizza nights so that's one of my favorites and then I have my chocolate peanut butter cups okay. and those are made with dark chocolate and almond milk. Hmm. Really simple. That's 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 it or peanut butter too. Yes, dark chocolate, almond milk, all natural peanut butter, and for people that have that have peanut allergies sometimes i'll use the um i can't remember the sun butter sunflower seed butter okay. yes All as right. a substitute. okay so are you constantly developing recipes and working with nutrition issues yes i'm constantly developing recipes um a lot of times people will contact me saying that they can't have gluten or they can't have nuts but they would like to try certain recipes so i will look at my recipe and modify it for them well that's great yeah i see um and i'm sure as you work in this area there seems to be real growing field for consultants and people working with vegan and plant-based dishes because the demand is really growing so Um, A lot of people just don't know where to start. If we all think back to our first days, you know, um, we had the motivation. I think that really helps a lot. When you've had that click moment, you know, there's, you can't be stopped, Um, but, but it can be overwhelming and uh, just going to the grocery store and learning how to read the labels with new eyes and so forth. It's, um, so it's it's really exciting to see the need for that grow and people like you really are essential um, for that. Yes, yeah, sometimes people, their main concern is knowing what to buy and how to start. So I will take people to the store and you know walk them around and show them options. Sometimes I'm even in the grocery store and I'll see someone standing there in front of the <laughs> plant-based meat aisle just staring and I'm like, I'm wondering what... <laughs> Can I've I seen that look it? before. I've had that look before. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll grab a product and, and they're like, have you had that before? And then it goes into a whole story. And um, I'm just, I'm a new vegan. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to buy. And so that happens all the time. So right. I'm just so glad that I can share my knowledge that I have now. Yeah, those are exciting moments. It doesn't happen to me all that often. But the last time I did, it was a grandmother. Her grandkids were coming over and they were eating all vegan. So we had a fun oh, wow. chat different tofus and everything and um yeah it's, it's fun i'm glad you have those moments that's really exciting and that's probably imagine the people when they leave the store having had that experience and how helpful you are that's great Thank you. Uh, yeah so um more on your food ethos okay so it's vegan is it are there also a lot is there a lot of plant-based focus too um with some of the recipes like purely whole foods plant-based um or is it a mix there's a mixture because I want everyone to see that there's something that they can 
that they can try. Right. Um, one of my other favorites is just a really simple recipe, and it uses walnuts as the meat. So it's a lettuce wrap, and I use the romaine lettuce and walnut meat. It's just you know diced walnuts. I you know pulse them in a food processor, add a little tomato basil sauce, some oregano. And I make my homemade guacamole, and so I'll have the walnut meat, some guacamole, and then I'll do a lettuce wrap with and a sprinkle of um, red onions, and they're just so delicious. But people mm -hmm. are amazed that you can make meat from walnuts. I mean, just it's just yeah. so simple, and it's a really quick and easy recipe. Yummy, and that's raw too. You're not you're just right. pressing walnuts. Oh, that's, that's yummy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your daughters, uh, your husband and your daughter really love the barbecue tofu pizza. Does your daughter have some other favorites? Now her favorite, she makes her own pizzas. She'll do oh. a spinach and cheese pizza. That's her mm -hmm. favorite. And she likes to make a little taco wrap. It's kind of like a small burrito with the actual tortilla. And she'll put the plant-based cheese, mm -hmm. um, some black beans. And she just makes a simple black bean wrap. That's one of her favorites. Oh, sweet. Yummy. Um, well, I look forward to meeting her. Perhaps we'll do um, another short clip featuring your daughter because it's also very exciting with um, young, uh, young vegans to hear, to just hear their fresh perceptions, you know, and... and it their... really is. A lot of, I do notice that at her, at her school, um, one thing in particular, she's one of the only vegan children in the school. So... We've had to talk about that because last year it really hit home when there was a field trip to an aquarium. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, all, all of her classmates, she's in first grade. She, of course, they want to be included. They don't want to be left out. And so my husband and I had to you know, sit down and talk to her about, you know, this is why we don't go to aquariums and explain that to her. And um, so the school, though, was phenomenal. They let me choose to take her somewhere else. So I took her to an animal sanctuary, mm -hmm. took her to full circle animal sanctuary mm -hmm. and they gave her a tour and it was amazing. And she got to see the animals, pet some of the animals, walk around and interact with the animals. And that she was able to go back to school and do a presenta presentation about her experience. So I'm just really glad that some schools are, you know, at least open about it right. and they want to hear more it and they're allowing and encouraging her to okay go and you know do what you'd like to do and not saying well no this is required you have to go or else you'll get counted absent and you know some schools are being accommodating and that's encouraging that's really great um <clears throat> well speaking about schools i would like to move into that and this this is this is um as we know as mothers this can get into sort of intensive territory when it's coming to choices and exactly how accommodating schools are. So for the, the first thing I think of is milk, uh, sort of the milk issue. Um, I don't know, she's in first grade, I assume they're not like required, but perhaps it comes with school meals. So how are you handling, how, how have you been handling that? And also as an advocate in Mothers, um, mothers Against Dairy. Okay, so milk usually does come with the meals that they get. Um, with this, it's a, there's a little bit of leeway because this is a private school. But when they, they do have a meal program where you can order meals, and a lot of times it does come with milk, but I always pack her lunch, and she's able to bring her own options and see, 
you know, I'll see what they're having and then I'll pack a lunch. If there's a party at school, I'll pack something similar. And a lot of times the kids will see, some kids will say, I, I want what she has, you know, because it looks so good. And um, sometimes the parents will come to me and ask me about things that I pack for her. So I'm just able to educate them on that level. But with schools in the U.S., it's, a, it's really tricky because there's so many lobbyists and, you know, mm-hmm. politicians that are advocating in the, you know, Department of Agriculture and the requirements for milk. It's just a big, you know, it's a really big um, powerhouse of people fighting for right. milk, yeah. even though the numbers are dwindling as far as purchases and plant-based options are on the rise and more people are demanding it. It's just that the funding is still going, you know, to bail out big, you know, milk companies. Right. Perhaps over the next decade, we, we may see a tipping point because consumers are, are the consumer. As you said, the consumer interest demand is really rising. Aller, allergies are becoming clear. Um, <clears throat> next month, I will be talking with a woman in New York State who is instrumental in helping to get vegan meals and vegetarian meals in schools. So I'm curious if uh, I, this is not necessarily a movement that has happened in all states because it requires immense amounts of energy and organization. So um, has Georgia had that or do you see that starting to sort of trickle up the energy, the movement for, well, your daughter's in private school, but even public school-wide interest in vegan meals and plant-based options Georgia-wide? Georgia, it's been really hard because Georgia, you know, it's the farm farming it's, right. it's huge here, agriculture. So there's a lot of pushback and there's a lot of lobbyists and people fighting against it. But there are groups organizing and doing, you know, protests, like groups like Anonymous for the Voiceless. There's a big chapter in Atlanta and they're doing a lot of work with advocacy and getting the message out. So I think the more we try to organize and, you know, work together, and, and that's why Mothers Against Dairy is so important because of the work that the, the ambassadors are doing and the, you know, the informational sessions, setting up at different organizations, different booths, and then sharing the story about motherhood and dairy and making moms see, you know, why we shouldn't be consuming dairy. And then their children, some, a lot of times the kids get it, you know, more quickly than the adults. Mm-hmm. And then when the kids share the message, then the adults start to open their eyes. So I think it's just one step at a time and just keep staying persistent and encouraging each other and organizing together. And I think that we will see change in Georgia. And um, speaking about Mothers Against Dairy, I would love to hear how you, I really love the work they're doing uh, so much, especially as a mother who was very impacted. My last turning point with dairy had given up everything else. And I saw a clip of something and that was, that was where the resistance in my mind was at the dairy point. I had no idea. So then when I and um, I happened to be breastfeeding during that phase of my life too, which I think helped helped me personally make the connection. So um, I was re- really excited when I came across the work they do. So I w- would love to hear how you got involved with them and your role in that their you know message and awareness. Well, Mothers Against Dairy, their story is phenomenal. It was started Mother's Day in 2016, um, and. Ashley Caps is the founder and director, and she was noticing a surge of messaging online from female dairy farmers that often had children of their own advocating, you know, for milk and milk products and how great it is. And she started Mothers Against Dairy so the message could get across and she could interview mothers across the world about how, 
motherhood is so sacred in the bond between mothers and there's no difference between a mother cow and her calf and a human and her baby. So Ashley found me online one day, similar to you found me and she reached out to me and she saw some of the articles that I posted on my blog and we connected and um, I just believe in the mission because there is a bond, you know, a powerful bond between mothers and their kids and even calves and cows, baby calves and mothers, they communicate through, I mean, the, it's been statistically and proven through research that shows that the moos have different levels of expressing joy, pain, anxiety, happiness, fear. They speak to each other just like we speak. Right. And if, I mean, they, it's just amazing um, when I saw that information and I said, you know, I can't imagine having my daughter and then having to have her taken away from me so that my milk could go to grocery stores. And I try to explain that to so many people. And a lot of times people get it. And that's one reason why I wrote my book, you know, to, to get that story out. But with Mothers Against Dairy, there's so many mothers across the world sharing their story. And if you go to the website, mothersagainstdairy.org, you'll see messaging from all over the world from mothers that shared their aha moment of, you know, I understand and I want others to see why motherhood is such a, a strong bond and dairy is against what we believe in. Right. Right. Yeah, it's tremendous. It's such necessary work. Um, I'm excited that we live at this point in time where this awareness is just... It's, it's becoming massive. So also your book, Farmer Sue New, right? Yes. Can you share more about what it's, what it's about? Well, the inspiration for the book came from the, have you heard of Elmhurst Milk? Elmhurst Milk was a big dairy farm. And because their numbers were dwindling, they revamped and started over and started producing plant-based milk instead of dairy. And so... I look and I see news articles every day about companies that are stopping production of dairy or meat and switching to plant-based options. And I said, I'm going to write a book about that. And so that's where Pharmacy New came from. It's the story of a dairy farmer who has children of her own and she makes a connection of motherhood and the connection of her cows and their calves, and she decides to stop producing dairy milk, and she starts producing plant-based milk, and then she, in the end, has an animal sanctuary. Oh, what a wonderful story. I have to order one of your books. It's a wonderful story. Thanks yeah. so much. So you, you read that. So, for example, coming up, you'll be reading the book with your daughter at um, the Gainesville, Gainesville Veg Fest, correct? Yes, that will be in Florida, February 15th, and I, I'll allow her to read with me. So we both, we both read the book together um, because she understands the importance of what we do and the work we do, and she understands that, you know, the milk from a cow is for the calf, and it's not meant for us, and it's not for us to take. And so it's just amazing to see her tell the story but understand why we're doing what we do so I like to share that story and a lot of times when the parents buy that book and they share it with family members they, they send me messages saying you know I, I wasn't sure if I should share this I was afraid to buy it I thought they would get mad for me giving it to them but how well it was received 
And I think mm-hmm. it, the way it's broken down in such a level to where it just explains the process and just said, you know, from mother cows crying for their babies when they're taken away and relating it to a mother caring for her baby, nurturing her child. And then the same thing happens with a mother cow and we don't have a right to, to take, to destroy that pattern and that process. Exactly. Exactly. It's so clear now, isn't it? It is. And like I said, it just amazing me how I went almost, you know, 40 years and not even making that action. And that's why I'm so grateful for companies now that are, there's a lot of companies now that are, have started transition programs for farmers because a lot of times growing, like I said, growing up in rural Georgia where farming is king and then all of a sudden you're losing your crop. A lot of farmers are committing suicide. I mean, it's devastating what's going on, but a lot of farmers are like, okay, so if I don't do this anymore, then then what do I do? You know, what do I, if I'm not going to produce milk, now what? So people like Miyoko of Miyoko's Creamery, right. Miyoko, Miyoko Jenner, she has a program to where she's helping farmers transition and produce potatoes because they can supply to her. And then there's other groups like the Vegan Society helping farmers transition from selling animal products to doing vegan farming. I think that is phenomenal. Because as much as advocacy we do, we need to provide solutions to help people as well, I think. Exactly. And I love that you touched on that. This is becoming a theme through many of my talks, the whole spectrum of work that needs to be done, uh, you know, from the individual advocates to them organizational wide, but also help, yeah, helping people who are producing um, whatever it is, make the shift or you know, supporting companies that already are producing plant-based, but, but yeah, so many companies, um, as you mentioned with, and farmers looking to make that shift or wondering how they could possibly, it's a whole, it's a whole change of everything. So it can be really overwhelming and we're all, we're all in it together. So that's really amazing here i'm gonna have to read more about those programs that's great that miyoko i had no idea miyoko was um helping provide solutions as well to farms that's great and you're working on more children's books too yes i have a series of books that i'm working on now and also some mystery books for teens oh really excited about that and my daughter has a project she's working on um as well so i'm really excited about that can you give us any hints about the children's book or is it top secret well this book is the, the book that my daughter's working on it has to do with a ballerina and i will leave it at that but it's uh she she her passion is ballet okay. so it incorporates a ballerina and her vegan story and it's a really clever concept okay neat i will look forward to that so for your books uh, are they available through your website or they are there's a link on my website so if you go to the sensiblevegan.com you can see the books there okay and with this of course when i upload i'll include all your social links you're on facebook as the sensible vegan yes and instagram as well okay we will include those links and we will i look forward to meeting again soon so we can get a clip with your daughter that'll be really fun to meet her 
Thank you. I know she'll be excited. Right. <laughs> and so, yes, I, I think there's so much to talk about, but we can meet again. And I'm wishing you a wonderful <clears throat> appearance next month as well. Um, very exciting to talk to uh, fellow advocates and share these moments also of mutual inspiration and to know that we all exist and um, to also be influenced. You know, your, your advocacy is so positive and um, informative and educational, and that's, that's so instrumental for the movement. <clears throat> so it's great to learn from that and be inspired by it. Yeah. I, do, I do notice sometimes when I'm at a festival or an event, you know, sometimes people approach and you can tell the ones that are, they're already kind of defensive and they're closed minded, but I, you know, I'm a happy person. Right. I try to just, just, you know, stay positive and I present the information, but I'm not going to get on your level and start a shouting match. I'm going to ask you questions and make you think. Right. And toward the end of that conversation, it always turns and they're very appreciative. And they're usually the ones that are the biggest proponents that are always leaving comments and they say thank you you know for what you told me and I've shared that with my family so I always have to remember where I started and I didn't well I did become vegan overnight but it took a long time to get there yeah. so, no everybody doesn't do that but it took a long time to get there but I have to remember everyone's journey is not mine and I just have to keep sharing the information and always be there when someone is ready to you know, turn, become vegan and, and just help them along the way. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, that's a path to emulate. It's wonderful. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being here. We're going to close out now and we'll be in touch soon. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for listening to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. Visit us online at pacificrootsmagazine.com.